Welcome to the Raising Real Estate Standards Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Mark Mann. Hey guys, so um, being closer to the end of the year now, um, you know, there's a lot of things we need to start thinking about and that's uh, what's going to happen next year, what are we going to do next year, and then planning for next year. Um, that's a pretty important piece. It is, it is. Uh, so as we delve into um, the November, December timeframe, um, um, business planning is always top of mind for folks that are running small businesses. Um, real estate agents that have their own small businesses, us as uh, uh, brokerage owners and uh, um, uh, mortgage company owners, we sit down and we look at our numbers and we look at uh, what we project for the next year to make sure that we're in line. We have everything we need uh, um, set up. We have everything financially. We have everything operationally so that uh, 2022 or the next year that we're looking at uh, um, goes like we want it. Yeah, I mean, so... The main, the main thing, uh, the main reason you'd want to really do business planning is kind of go, okay, so where are we going next year? Um, am I going to have enough money to survive next year? Am I going to have more money? So if I if I have more resources, then what am I going to put those resources into from an investment standpoint to grow resources? Uh, later down the road. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you need to do. But probably the first thing you want to look at would be, um, why is it you're doing what you're doing? Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of the cornerstone of, of everything. I mean, that's really the cornerstone of your business, why you're running your business, why you're planning for your business. That's kind of the cornerstone of all that. Absolutely. And, and you know, people always, you know, I'll see them in the halls in our office. They're like, well, why do I need to do business planning? Well, it kind of goes back to I was in a, a leads group 15, 20 years ago, and there was a lady who uh, was running a sign company. And uh, this this little tagline that she, she uh, pr- you know, presented to me always stuck, and that was, uh, a business with no sign is a sign of no business. Um, kind of flip that on its head, and I would say, a business with no plan is a plan to have no business because if you're just haphazardly going through your business, you're doing it by accident. And yes, will you will you get business? No question. Are you going to be able to survive? Probably. But are you going to hit on all cylinders and be maximizing everything for, for next year? Probably not because you've missed some stuff. You didn't account for some things that you, if you had just taken 10, 15 minutes to retro look at what happened in uh, the previous year, you could have made arrangements and put things in place to make that better uh, or eliminate it if it needs to be eliminated. Yeah, so let's, let's look at it this way. Um, Putting together your plan is you know where you're going and your plan is kind of how you want to get there. If you don't do that, you're not going to know. You may know where you want to go. You may put like some dreams and some goals out there, but you don't know you're ever going to get to it because you're not going to know how to get there. And I've heard people say, you know, um, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to hit it with 100% accuracy. (laughs) Um, If you know where you go, even if you don't get there, you're progressing along the way. Um, I don't ever want to say you're not going to get there, but I think that's one of the big fears of putting these things together is holding yourself accountable to getting to that end piece. Absolutely. You know, we set uh, different types of goals uh, and have different types of plans as we go through. We have those uh, big, hairy, audacious goals that I like to call them, which are those uh, five, 10-year goals. And you set things, you know, um, 
you know, benchmarks along the way to meet those. But then you have those, those shorter term, those, you know, those 90 day goals, 12 month goals. And those are super important to be in conjunction with your, your big, your big 10 year goal that they're stepping stones to get there. And as you said, if you, if you don't hit a certain goal, well, guess what? If you are aiming for it and you are moving towards it, you're that much closer, regardless if you hit it or not, you're that much closer to that big goal uh, uh, that you set for your 10 year goal. Yeah. So let me ask you something. What is your why? What, what, why, what is your why for why you do everything? What's your cornerstone that gets you started to get you started on your planning piece? For me? Yeah. Yeah. My why is, uh, it's pretty simple. It's um, my wife and my kids. And uh, um, I have a, I have a 10 year goal of, of wanting to be in a position where um, work is an option. Work is not a necessity. Right now, work is a necessity because I've got, uh, we've just like everybody else, I've got bills. I've got kids that are uh, um, growing up that are teenagers and teenage daughters are expensive. Mm -hmm. Just stop right there for a second. Teenage daughters are expensive. And so I have to plan for that. And um, uh, so my my whys are them. Uh, My why is... Uh, getting you know getting them off to college. I'd like to have uh, both of my children uh, through college uh, debt free with no with no student loan debts. That's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of planning on our side. But that's it. That's our why. And then in ten years, work becomes an option. You know, work is um, uh, something I do because I love it, not because I need to do it every single day. Gotcha. So so what are some things that you put in place? to kind of get to to that point. So, for example, you were talking about uh, 12-month goals, uh, one-month goals, you know, uh, two-week or one-week goals. What are some things that, that you may be putting in place this year, this coming year, to, to reach that next milestone? So, like, what, what would be a goal, um, since your goal is financial independence, let's call yep. it, in the next 10 years, what would be your goal – um, this year to get to that first step or that next step of financial independence? Sure. Uh, so it's twofold. Um, and, uh, you know, we sit and have these conversations a lot. Um, and, you know, what you do during your, your work day can kind of infiltrate your home life too. And um, uh, my wife, Emily, and I, we have these conversations. We have a, every six months we go over budgets um, and see where we are. Um, and then at the end of the year, we look at the next year and see how we're going, what we're going to do, and what we're going to focus on next year. So a couple of things that we're looking at is uh, one, having all debts completely gone, um, with the exception of uh, uh, our personal residence, um, and then um, uh, that provides us flexibility um, to do certain things. And then the second piece of that, that's phase one. Phase two is we want to uh, buy at least one, possibly two. Uh, uh, more rental properties to increase that cash flow that we're having coming in on a regular basis. Yeah, good, good, good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scare you here for a second because one of the things that you really need to dive down into, and Mark kind of kind of hit on this for a second, is uh, honing in on our expenses. You know, looking at your expenses from the previous year, kind of uh, putting a gauge on those and uh, anticipating what they're going to be the following year. And that's from a personal standpoint and a business standpoint. That scares a lot of people. It does. It does. And and you use the word expense and, um, you know, as, a, as something you want to hone in on. But, you know, what you didn't say is reducing it. 
because um, some expenses you want to increase. A lot of expenses you'd like to decrease. But if you find um, um, that um, something you're, is in your, in your personal life or your business life that is, that is adding to or getting you closer to your goal um, and the return on investment is high, you probably want to double down on that and increase what your exposure is to that expense. Yeah, and you need to look at your uh, kind of your return on investment from that standpoint. You know, a lot of expenses are going to be investments. We just think of it as money in, money out. But a lot of times, you know, you have expenses, for example, in your business. You know, if you're uh, if you're advertising in your business to lead generate, well, it'd probably be a good time to start tracking that stuff. You know, like, okay, I'm putting X amount of dollars over here into Zillow or X amount of dollars over here into my relationship building. Um, and then gauge the business and the leads that come out of that and to tell you, all right, am I getting, what's, what's the return I'm getting on this money that I'm putting into these things? Absolutely. And I, and I would argue probably if folks that are uh, investing in, and, you know, I'm, I'm for all types of lead generation. I think they are all serve a purpose and they're all good. I would venture a guess that uh, your return on investment on each one of these um, uh, silos of lead generation or areas, different types of lead generation, the, the ROI is going to fluctuate from year to year. And really making sure that you understand where that ROI is on a yearly basis can help you determine, do I put more? Do I take out less? Do I reallocate where those funds are going? Um, you know, I know for a fact in, in some research that, that we're doing, um, the, the return on investment for um, cold online leads, whether it be from uh, Zillow, Realtor.com, there's a plethora of, of them the return on investment is starting to decrease because the cost is going up, but yet the the um, the turn or the uh, the ability to convert that lead hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. So if the cost continues to go up, the conversion rate doesn't change, the return on investment is lower. Um, and so where you're putting those monies, do you do you say, okay, well it's still a good investment? You know, it's still a return. It's still a good return, and it fits my stuff. I'm going to throw more into it. Great. Or is it, okay, the return is starting to get a little thin. I need to kind of pull some stuff back out. And if I reallocate those funds to another area, the return on investment can go from, uh, let's call it 15% to, to 50%. And if I'm going to get a 50% return, you know, that's where I want to spend my dollars. Yeah. And that, you know, to get to that point, to be able to have that data, you have to track. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of the other things that I feel like scares so many people is the tracking aspect of this, you know, just, Hey, I'm just, I'm just out there doing my thing. I'm just, I'm just running my business. Okay. So what's your return on investment on a, B and C, you know, if you, if you ask certain people this, whether it be any small business or in the real estate business, whatever, um, you, sometimes you get a hard time finding that stuff. You do, you do. And it's one of those things that it scares people because, um, they don't want to think that what they've been doing all along is the wrong thing. They want to think that they have been heading down the right path. And I, I you know, I'm going to use a word here, but that's ignorant. You know, and, and an ignorance-based uh, decision is is you know going to get you results that are kind of you know wishy-washy. They're not going to be you know in fact or in data. Um, but it doesn't need to be scary. You know, it really doesn't need to be scary. As a real estate agent, when you are uh, when somebody sits down with us and says, okay, let's track where we are and where stuff came from, it's not that hard. 
You know, let's let's just okay. Let's lay out all your closings that you did in 2020, and I'm going to ask you some questions. Where did this lead come from? What did it come from your sphere? Yes. Did it come from a Zillow lead? Yes. Did it come from X? Okay. So you do that. You spend two hours looking at your deals, and you've just now tracked now at a rudimentary level, at a high level, where your deals came from. That's a start. Most people don't even do that. Yeah, I agree. It's it, you just gotta you've gotta find that time to work on your business and not in your business. Um, you know, this is the time of year for that. We get stuck and we get stuck in our business for most of the year. And you know, I would argue you should be working on your business. You know, a certain amount of time per week, if not per month. But a lot of people don't do it at all. And that comes down to the end of the year. And this is the stuff you really, 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 really need to hone into. And uh, and then, yeah, you get trapped and, and, and it's hard and, and, and it's just hard to figure out certain things. So it's important to track these things along the way. Yeah, um, no question. Um, and But as we've talked about before, highly encourage you to track along the way. It, it provides you the ability to be nimble, to make changes midstream versus waiting till the one time a year that I decide to track. However, if you have not been tracking and you don't have those numbers, it's not too late. I can start when? Right now. Mm-hmm. I can pick it up. I can pick up what I did last year. I can track. And once you track and you can say, okay, this is where stuff came from, then all you have to do is just add that into to your normal daily routine of, or a closing routine. Okay, these check boxes have to be met. Where did this come from? I put it in my thing. Okay, I'm seeing my numbers adjust. How do I? How do I? How do I react? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and on that note, you know, this is this is the perfect time to really start evaluating your strategies, um, and changing if need be. For example, when you're looking at this ROI, I heard the story the other day. Um, large team you know, in the United States doing, uh, I think they're paying close to $80,000 for Zillow leads, basically just just taking all the Zillow leads in this one area, paying close to $80,000. And when they they looked at their return, they're only getting close to 40 or 50 in return. Well, they thought they were doing great, but they didn't realize until they started putting pen to paper and looking at it, that this was a terrible investment. They need to change. And if you're looking at your stuff out there and you're you're evaluating your strategies, you know, you may look at things and you may need to change. Absolutely. And when when you just kind of go back to this, when you say they were making $40,000 on this $80,000 investment, is that a they made $40,000 or they lost $40,000 because of the net? The the revenue coming in was I think close to 40 or $50,000 and the expense was 80, so they were losing. They were losing money. They would have been better off literally sitting down and, and taking a nap than working that business. Right. And the <laughs> thing is, is is so many people get caught up in, I've got $50,000 worth of closings that came off of this. But they don't, again, they didn't evaluate it until they sat down with their coach and evaluated and saw that they were losing money hand over fist. And that doesn't count any of the money of that you're putting into, you know, actually operating the business. Because, you know, lead generation is only one one you know expense item mm-hmm. in in how to get a pro- or getting a product from close you know from uh, acquisition of lead to close deal there are other expenses that went into that so that 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 
forty, thirty or forty thousand dollar losses only on the top levels. There was more expenses involved in oh, that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's a whole lot of things, and I, I want to talk on another uh, podcast that we do because we don't have time to do it right now. But when you're looking at planning, there's really three three spots that you're going to be in in your business. You're either in survival mode, stability mode, or significance mode. And what you're doing in your business based on what uh, place you're at in your business determines kind of where you're going. Um, so I, that's just kind of a, a, a podcast we'll look at uh, in, the, in, the, in the near future. But, uh, you know, you, you're going to be in one of those buckets. And it's good to figure out where you are, which, which bucket you are in from that standpoint that tells you what you should be doing. Absolutely. I, you know, kind of on, on that same note, um, and, and a business can go from survival to significance in a short period of time with the right setup and the right planning. Um, I remember you and I having a, a conversation with a, a young agent um, a couple of years ago, and um, this agent had been in the business for about three or four years, um, and they came to us not because we were looking to not because they were looking to make a move to our brokerage, uh, but they were looking to move, make a move out of the brokerage business and, and into something else. And they were looking for a job. They needed money. They needed, they needed money now to be able to make payments. And um, after sitting down with this person, um, you know, we looked at each other and it clicks like this person doesn't need a job. This person needs a, a, a he, you know, a lift up and because this is where they need to be. This is where they're going to thrive. Um, they are not going to thrive in an employment type of situation. And that person came to us, you know, call it July, August. And from July or August of that year um, until 18 months later, the, that person was doing no business or 10, you know, call it 10 grand um, and has, has now produced a business of, you know, large six figure figure numbers just by providing that planning and putting things into place to to help that person go down the right direction. And you know, those are the things as you're going through business planning, it's exciting. If you sit down and you talk about what you can do, how you can get there, that big goal is it can get you, you know, fired up and excited. If you don't sit there and do that, you kind of you I mean you have a tendency to to just, you know, go through the motions and that's not going to get you where you need to go. Yeah. Once, once you get those things set in place, you have to have that accountability too. Uh, you have to be organized. I, I, I'm going on your, your, um, your story there. I know who you're talking about. Very, very organized person, ve- you know, very accountable. Um, you have to have those, you have to add those things into yourself in order to make the plan work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, as, as we, you know, count down to the uh, end of 2021 and look towards 2022, um, I can't encourage you guys enough um, to, to sit down, take an introspective look at your business, the numbers, where stuff came from, where you want to go. Ask your the why question, you know, sit down and say, why in the heck am I doing this? Is it different than what I started? Okay, if it is, then you need to readjust. You know, what is your why? What do you need to get there? What, you know, and then, and then put the plan in place to get there. We operate in a world of abundance. There is enough business out there for every single person to get what they want. It's the problem is most people don't take the time 
to put their plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we enter into 2022, uh, we're excited for uh, um, what that's to bring. Um, and um, Brian and I will be here uh, along the way as things adjust and change and um, uh, be bringing our perspective of, of what's, uh, what's to come. Yep. Happy planning. Take care. You've just listened to another episode of the Raising Real Estate Standards podcast. If you've benefited from what you've heard, please subscribe. We would really appreciate it if you rated, reviewed, and shared this episode. You can contact us at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, email us at info at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, and you can find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the heading of Raising Real Estate Standards. 